Well, Heidi, this is an exciting week for us. What's happening next Monday? Oh my goodness, Natalie, let me tell you, we're having our first ever five-day challenge. And it's free. (laughs) Just like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're doing two truths and a lie. Five days in a row, starting next Monday, which is September 26th. Really what it comes down to is like we've been on Instagram for like six plus years and we are tired and tired of the spread of this information, um, which is kind of partially why we created this podcast, because we want to be able to go into depth in the topics and be able to expose all the nastiness that the Fitzbos put out there. Yes. Whether intentionally, maybe because they don't, they, you know, they don't know, they don't know, <laughs> or the, um, the correlations that, that, you know, Instagram users make. When you see, for example, um, a bod shot of a girl who looks amazing in a, in a swimsuit, and then she's like, here's what I eat all day. And then you think whether consciously or maybe not even consciously, like if you do what she does, you will look like her. And we're going to go over various topics between exercise and macro counting and mindset and all sorts of things to be able to debunk a lot of these, you know, misinformation slash lies that you find on social media a lot. And that'll make you a more competent, more confident, confident you. So That's join right. us next Monday. Um, and if you can't make it, no problem. We'll send the replays right into your inbox, but it's www.buddyermacros.com backslash lies. And we hope you enjoyed this also truth bending episode. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the butter dish. I'm Heidi Bollard. And I'm Natalie Joini. And today we are joined by Juan Dolagowski of Juan D Wellness. And so we're super excited to have her on here. We actually, I self-proclaimed dubbed her like the queen of the hard truths. Um, so we're going to bring you a podcast with some things that might make you really uncomfortable and you might want to cover your eyes a little bit, or you will totally hate us at the end. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll be so relieved. I mean, cl- clarity is kindness. No? Wonderful. Okay. We'll go with okay. a positive spin on it. Um, but I don't, I think for me personally, sometimes when you hear the things that like, you know, maybe you get called out a little bit, it does hurt a little bit. Okay. A little fair, bit. It's got to, it's got to pinch a little bit. Right. So True. without further ado, one, Tell us about yourself and your story. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It is such an honor, ladies. Um, I've been following you guys for a long time. And, you know, it's just, you know, I feel it feels a little surreal to be on here talking to you guys. So thank you for having me. So my story, gosh, I've been, you know, kind of working out exercising since I was maybe a sophomore in high school. That's kind of when I was introduced into exercise. That was when like Jane Fonda was really popular. Um, <laughs> I, watch, um, I don't know if you've ever uh, heard of the show Flex Appeal on um, ESPN with, uh, I'm really dating myself with like Corey Eberson and oh, there's a guy on there, but that's, that's how I got introduced to like kind of lifting weights. I was like, really intrigued by like muscles, uh, but I was still like, kind of into the cardio stuff, right? Like just doing way too much cardio. So, um, so that, I got into fitness then, um, and I was mainly into endurance sports, like in my thirties and early forties, because that's when I had my daughter and I had to kind of switch gears, find ways to incorporate fitness while having a baby. So I got in, you know, I would walk her in the stroller and I eventually would run with her in the stroller. So that, that's how I got into like endurance sports like the marathons and things like that. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 44 um, when I really changed things around. I really learned about what progressive overload was about. Um, I did the cardio, um, cardio train thing. I was, you know, doing tons of cardio, um, and I learned how to track macros back then. So, um, you know, it was, re- it was really life-changing. So it just, I just want to communicate that it's never too late. You know, I really didn't start changing things around until I was in my forties. So I want to encourage ladies out there that, you know, it's never too late. 
Gosh, we totally, you know, echo that sentiment too, because really, you know, we consider ourselves fitness converts and it really wasn't until we were like 35, 36 years old. Mm -hmm. Now we're in our forties that, you know, fitness really became a true, I actually could actually call it a lifestyle now. I really say that instead of feeling like, you know, but (laughs) at the same time, it's true. It's never too late. I think people think, oh, this is a game for people in their twenties and their Mm thirties. But in reality, for a longevity perspective, you can access it even at 60, 70 years old and still make it completely valuable for your life. Totally. Now, this, yep. yeah, you glossed over the fact that you've done a bikini competition in, oh, in, that, yeah. little, in that little <laughs> fitness like introduction. I want you to talk a little bit about that because from cardio to weightlifting, there's a big jump and then also throwing that in the mix. So let's, I want to hear a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I hired a coach for the first time when I was 44. That's when things really changed. And, you know, that's when I got into uh, really serious into lifting, um, tracking macros and my body had changed, you know, for, for the first time in my life, I wasn't doing all this cardio. I was actually lifting weights and doing all the things that a lot of women are afraid to do. Um, and then my husband was actually the one who kind of planted the seed. He's like, you know, have you ever thought about doing a, a bodybuilding competition? Like, no way. Who wants to see this old lady on stage? You know, I was making all the typical excuses. Like I'm too old. No one wants to see me like, you know, all those things. And I thought, you know what, this, this is BS. Like I'm, I need to do this, you know, um, even though I was frightened, I was really scared out of my mind. I'm like, what where are people going to say? You know, people are going to judge me. My church friends are going to not talk <laughs> to me. You know, I was very like, had all these fears, but um, yeah, I did that. So in 2018 and 2019, I did some shows. Um, and then at the end of my 2019 season, um, I I said, that's it. No more. It was, I loved the experience. I would, I would do it all over again. Um I love it. I love the sport, but it is like extreme, an extreme sport. And um, it takes a toll on the body. And I think that, that kind of caused a lot of the health issues that I had. Not the sport itself. It's how I managed recovery. I did not manage it properly. And that caused a di- downward spiral into some of the health issues I had post-competition. Ooh, okay. So I love the segue because today we're going to talk about five different things that, you know, are constantly tripping people up or things that like possibly, you know, you as a listener are maybe not considering. And I love because what it proves is that like, you've kind of seen the spectrum of all of it. You've seen the cardio lifestyle, you've seen extreme leanness and competition. So what it really does take to have like a physique, like a competitive mm-hmm. physique. And then also this side of it where, you know, you have had some health, you know, ramifications from lift, uh, from that bodybuilding extreme time. And then now you're like lifting and and nourishing your body and like in a position, you know, you're in your fifties. So I feel like you have had like a nice spectrum to be able to be like, this is really what's going on here, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. So I totally understand the whole, I mean, I've experienced the, the chronic dieting under eating thing, like in my twenties and thirties, I definitely was always trying to be smaller. And I definitely understood what it was like when I was competing, you know, going to that level extreme and trying to translate to, to lifestyle. Um, and the kind of toll that it takes on the body when you are constantly dieting and not taking time away from dieting. So I didn't take time away from the stage that is equivalent to women not taking time away from dieting and living at maintenance or slightly above, you know, in surplus. And um, your body doesn't change. You know, that's one of the reasons I decided to not compete anymore. Initially, I decided to take a break because I remember uh, I had saw the competition pictures and the judge the head, head judge, Sandy, those of you guys who compete know her. Um, she, she basically said, your body looks the same. 2018 to 2019, it didn't change. Oh, and man. it was the truth though. You, she, you know, you should put the pictures up side by side and she was absolutely true. And looking, and looking back, it is because I tried to stay too lean 
in my improvement season, I did not take a proper proper time away. And that's the same thing as women who diet and then try to stay too lean and expect their bodies to change the next year. You, you don't, your bodies won't change. You cannot build muscle when you're in a deficit. So I was trying to make that, that same uh, comparison. Yeah, it was, it was eye-opening, but it was, it was a smack in the face that I needed, you know, because it made me realize, like, do I really want to do this? Um, you know, what is it going to take? Um, all those things. So, but it was, you know, like I said, I don't take that experience back. I, I, you know, I'm glad I did it. Well, it's interesting how even just experiencing things you, you don't want definitely clarifies Mm-hmm. what you do want, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good comparison to how so many, so many women have just been conditioned to eat as low as possible, that that's the secret to, to, you know, getting the look that you want is um, eating as low as possible for as long as possible. Well, and right. I think that even in like a position like you were in where you were at your leanest to mm-hmm. be able to go a whole year and then see that you hadn't changed at all. Like there's, I mean, someone might be here like, Oh, it's not a good thing. It's like, not when you're in a competitive yeah. sport where the whole point is to improve upon yes. your current physique. Exactly. And so it could be, you could look at it like, okay, yeah, that's a really good thing that you know, one didn't look any different, but at the same time for the sport you were in, it was like, you almost wasted a year of your time, yes. which, yep. you know, feels really awful. And how many yep. times do we come across your clients, our clients who feel like, I feel like all I've done is spin my wheels, waste my time, you know, another year has passed and nothing's changed. Or, I mean, how many times have we heard people say like, um, I work out all the time and nothing's, nothing's different. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. Or I diet all the time and I can't lose any weight. And it's like, you know, I think that leads us beautifully into like point number one, constantly dieting or dieting too much. And then also the scale. So let's talk a little bit about dieting too much. What does dieting too much look like? Well, it could be, it can, it can encompass a lot of things. So it could be the actual act of being in a, a specific, like a calorie deficit. You want to go on a diet to lose some weight um, and just constantly be in the cut. So whatever that is, this is for a lot of, a lot of women and live in this constant state of dieting, constant state of restriction. So maybe even if they're Food intake isn't like that. Mentally, they're in a state of restriction also. Um, so you have to understand that. And then just constantly like uh, maybe always going in, wanting to do a cut when a special event comes up, you know, instead of just like just chilling at maintenance and allowing your body to thrive there, you constantly, you know, put stress under your body under stress by going to a cut when every time there's a, uh, I don't know, vacation, a special party, a wedding, something like that. Um and then just, just under eating, maybe not even fully understanding that you are not really eating to your full potential. You're just, you know, not eating enough. You know, some people think, you know, the maintenance calories, you know, the, their maintenance calories are maybe like 13, 1400, when in reality it, it could and should be maybe closer to 2000. So under eating, so maybe you're not theoretically dieting, but you're not eating enough to support your goals and your physique, um, physique goals. Well, I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding as far as like, you know, what dieting really is or what under eating really is, because, you know, first of all, I like your point about talking about like, you know, living in like a diet mentality, because I think a lot of people do, a lot of people live in like a deficit mindset, but at the same time they're eating in maintenance and surplus calories. So they're like, I don't get it. Like I'm always dieting, but yet I'm never losing any weight. It's like, well, you're not losing any weight, but you feel like you're always dieting. That means you're not really in a deficit, right? Or not mm-hmm. like a right. enough one, right? right. So like, so like just eating in an unsatisfying way, that's not a calorie <laughs> deficit me. And also thinking you're in a cut isn't the same as being in yeah. like, I, right, sure. like, oh, my, my fitness pal is set for 1200 calories. It's like, well, yeah, well, my alarm clock is also set for <laughs> a certain time, but I still got to do something to make, make that like a valid point. Right. It's, right. it's, you know, I think people think like, oh, I, or you hear a lot like, well, I don't eat that much. 
it's like, okay, well still calories matter, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's like saying like, well, I don't spend that much money. It's like, well, we all know like three items from the dollar section and like a Chanel bag, Chanel bags, only one item, but man, that thing's expensive versus right. three things from the dollar section. So I think when you don't have an understanding of like how much you're eating and what you're really eating, and it does feel defeating. If you, if you think I'm always dieting, but I'm never losing weight. It's like, why haven't we stopped to think like, what are we really doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. something that's constantly tripping people up is that they're a scared to even acknowledge how, what they're really eating. Right. Yeah. People yeah. Like, oh, I don't eat that much, but then they forget all the bites, looks and tastes, or they forget mm-hmm. that to think that, Oh, you know, maybe even just that like smoothie you had, you know, oh, like yeah. I would love for you to of calories. Oh, Oh, oh Heidi, <laughs> you got to tell oh, cheeseburgers. Totally. <laughs> <not too good. laughs> I'll probably share this before, but I, you know, I started first with working out. I I worked out like five, six days a week for a full year before I was like, okay, fine. I guess I have to look at this nutrition piece. And, um, one of, when I first did, I had this smoothie that I thought was just like the secret to wellness. (laughs) I drank it like every single day. It had like spinach and kale and chia seeds and hemp hearts and flaxseed and all agave syrup and bananas and all this stuff. And, I finally did the macros on it and it was basically like going to in and out for a burger and fries. And then a lot of times when I had that smoothie, I was like, well, I've hit my wellness quotient. So who's going to go to in and out and get a burger and fries. So I was, it was, it was a tough acknowledgement for me. Some of yeah. the, um, yeah, but it was, it was all, these are the blind spots that you, I mean, you yeah. don't know what you don't know. Until no, totally. And you, you did bring up a good point though. A lot of people say, well, I eat so clean. I eat so mm-hmm. healthy. I'm not losing weight. Well, that was me too. Like you can eat a crap ton of healthy food and still not be in a deficit, you know? Oh my so- God. But I really did think that I kind of thought like, if it's from the earth, like you can't, yes. it won't make you right. gain weight. Like how many right? of us could like live off nut butters and never see any weight loss? Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anything. I mean, especially when, and that's the, the thing, right? Like I have a girl at my work, like love her so much, but she's always doing paleo or whole 30 or like no carb, low carb, you know, eating clean air quotes. And it's just like, she's like, I, I never really lose anything. And I'm like, because you can totally gain weight eating whole 30. Totally. It's just, yes. like, it doesn't really and it's weird because we do tie in, you know, some morality into it. Like, well, I eat clean. So therefore, you know, it's like, well, yeah. great. But if it's, it still doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Totally relate to that. And we wanted to talk a little about the scale. So let's, let's break down the scale. Everyone's favorite device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, it is, I think people need to understand the scale is never the defining metric of progress. So I think people do, high progress to only the scale. And that's why they think that they're not making progress. So, you know, scale and understand that their scale fluctuations are completely normal, you know, and just because, you know, also weight gain is not the same as fat gain. So understand like these different things with the scale. I personally, now I don't know if this is what you guys agree with, but I personally don't think the answer necessarily is to throw out the scale. I mean, for some people like, okay, all right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can, can but I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the answer. I mean, I think understanding, you know, the day-to-day fluctuations, how your body responds to different changes helps you understand why your body will fluctuate up and down, you know, and that is completely normal and to not freak out when that happens. Um I- I actually think that 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 is, I mean, it, sure, it can feel like a little bit of a hazing ritual at the beginning, but having a, like weighing yourself more often and realizing like there's, it fluctuates for all kinds yeah. of reasons. And yeah. that it's even in a cut, it's possible for your weight yeah. to stay the same 
even fluctuate up and your measurements can go down. Like it's just not the truth teller that we've been conditioned to believe that it is. Well, it's like staying away from a mandolin because you're worried about like getting your like fingers chopped off or like just like learning Learning how to to use it. it. And it's like, I would rather have you get to a place where you like don't need it. Um, especially for women who use it as like a kind of like metric for how they feel like, Oh, scale, tell me how I get to feel about myself today. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, when you really do use it enough, you, it really kind of removes like the mysticism behind it. Yeah, like, totally. In fact, there is a point where you actually get to a point where like, I actually don't really need it anymore because you understand yeah. like, your composition so well at a point where you're like, I know roughly if I step on it, what to expect. Right. Yes. And, and sometimes just proving that to yourself that you can like stand on it and like not be emotionally overwhelmed all the time is actually part of this whole process. And, and for, especially in the context that we're talking about like results and, you know, weight loss or like, you know, something that you want or some goals you have, avoiding it is actually not supportive of your goals. Exactly. I'd rather have you spend some time working around your noise, the noise in your head about the scale and figuring yeah. out why it bothers you so much than being like, I'm just going to throw it away. It doesn't matter. And just go by like <laughs> pictures and measurements, which you can do, Yeah. but you not honoring your fear of it is always going to be looming. Right. Exactly. It just gives you, it gives way too much power over you when you do that. Yeah. Yes. And so like getting rid of that just makes more sense to me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. kind of like even just taking pictures, right? People are like, I will never take pictures. And you're like, really? Because pictures are super helpful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's right? so powerful. I mean, if, if I didn't have pictures for half my clients, I mean, I would, that's what helped, what helped talk them off the ledge because yes. like the scale didn't change, but pictures were like so different. Like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So if you didn't have the pictures, they would think that they didn't even make progress, right? But I mean, it's huge. It is it's a, it's such a game changer. And you know, it, yeah, it's just part of the puzzle. You need I, it. I mean, I've even had that experience before myself. I mean, it's just, you think you know, you think you know yourself so well, your progress so well, but it's like, nobody has a perfect lens on themselves. Taking yeah. your data really does matter. Yes. And we kind of stop giving power to these like inanimate objects, right? It's just like, I mean, even down to my Fitbit, right? It's like, I can live without a Fitbit, guys. Like, oh, yeah. I want to prove that to myself. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's like, I have loosened it up a little bit with my lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's smaller, so therefore it's less important. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number two consistency. Oh, consistency is like so unsexy, but it really gets you the results. So nice. let's talk about consistency. What do you feel like how consistency constantly trips people up? Well, they don't understand that this is seriously the key. And this is not just with fitness. We're talking about life also. Just anything you want to get better at, you you need to do it. You need to be consistent. Doesn't mean, and here's the other thing, you don't have to be perfect. This does not mean you need to be perfect. But consistency means just getting back on it when you maybe just kind of, you know, didn't follow the plan. It didn't go as, as planned. Um also, you know, doing it when you don't feel like it, you know, so removing emotion from the, the task that you need to do um, and understand like the weekends matter, right? People think like for some reason the, the weekends don't matter, like the great Monday through Friday, but then the weekends comes and it just kind of flies out the, the window. And that's a huge chunk of, of the week, really. Um, yeah, without it, like, you know, it's really hard to see the progress that you're wanting to see. Yeah, there's really there's no way around it. There really isn't. Well, and it's, it's similar in some ways to like the scale conversation we just had where it's, it's like, if you're, if you are not willing to look, look at your behavior or like the, the drama that it brings up because makes you feel like a failure or makes you feel bad about yourself or you, you, um, super judge or lecture yourself because, you know, things weren't perfect. That's, 
just like we don't want to skip, throw the scale out. We don't want to throw goals out or give right. up. Right. Like, like the, the trick is not to like be so perfect that you don't have that kind of conversation in your head, but rather to under, just like you were saying that, like asking yourself questions about, um, why, you know, why you have these expectations for yourself and how can you set yourself up for success? How can you make this process easier? How can you plan or, um, talk to yourself in a, in a more motivating self-supportive way, because if every time you try to do something, you're, you're faced with your own self-recrimination, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to make the progress that you want. You are your biggest obstacle in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. I mean, I like to think about even like consistency. It's like, if, if, you know, the three of us decided to like make pancakes from a mix, we would have probably three different consistencies of like what we like, right. Whether like your batter's a little thicker, yours is a little runnier, you know, mine's a little bit chunkier. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like what you like. And so I think sometimes people look at other people's consistency and believe that like, that's what they need for success and results when they don't realize like, what do I like? What can I consistently do to make my life easier or make, you know, my recipe, right. It's like, everyone's like, well, you know, that's, I think where the perfectionism and like the black and white all or, all or nothing mm-hmm. thinking comes in here. It's like, you believe that like, oh, in order to have results, I got to do everything that Juan does or everything that Heidi does or everything that Natalie does. And it's like, no, what can you be consistent at? What is, what, what is your recipe that like can get you your results? And part of it might literally be just, Hey, I'm going to walk every single day. Mm-hmm. It might not be the gym every single day, but like your results are on the other side of you being consistent and consistency always gets you results, like yes. whatever it is in whatever context it might not be. Yeah. You might not be the most jacked you've ever been or this, the, you know, the leanest you've ever been, but it will get you something anytime you do anything repeatedly. Right. Yeah. Like those, that's what, that's also what creates habits, right? Like you can't have habits right. with no consistency. So if, you know, people are always like, oh, how to be more motivated or how do I find motivation? It's like motivation comes from consistency mm-hmm. because you just do it so much that it's just part of who you are. Right. And that's exactly. when people are really searching for this, like fitness lifestyle, they neglect to believe that like, really it's like, those small little things you do every single day. It's like, think about even brushing your teeth. Like, do you yep. get credit for brushing your teeth now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like, how are you not going to brush your teeth? Like you actually yeah. have to make a decision to not brush them. Right, and right. You know, with these like habits of wellness, it's like, do them so often that they actually become second nature to you. And then there's no risk of not being consistent because it's just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And then understanding that there are different seasons in your life. So the consistency can have like different levers. So, um, you know, maybe you're not going to be able to train four days a week. So go down to two or three. That's still consistency, right? You're not stopping altogether um, or, you know, find a way to squeeze it in. Like if you can't get in your, your usual like 45 minutes to an hour, like what's wrong with 20, 30 minutes, just get in there and do something like, you know, just so that you can keep momentum going. That's the thing. Keeping the momentum going helps you be consistent rather than just stopping and starting all the time. Right. Oh my gosh. So right. true. And it's really like the habit of that creates the consistency, right? It's just like, yes, you know, sometimes right. we say like, even just going walking is the consistency of getting up and moving and picking yourself first that day. Right. It doesn't, maybe, right. maybe it's not lifting, which would be ideal for you, air quote, like that's what you'd prefer. And then the same thing goes with water, right? It's like, maybe like, you know, ideally you would drink like, you know, 17 cups of water every day, but you drink eight. It's like keeping the habit of the water yes. is what it is. It's not necessarily right. the amount of the water. Mm, right. So right. So true. All right. Shall we head on to, oh, did we skip impatience? We skipped impatience. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> ah, we're so patient that we skipped impatience. All right. Let's talk about impatience. Everyone, patience. Not great at yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard. You know, I, I talk about it a lot. You know, uh, in fact, I was going to make a, make a post about it today, but um, it'll be coming up. 
Uh, but basically, you know, I talk about like delaying immediate gratification. It's the same thing, right? You're, you're willing to sit in discomfort to reach that goal of yours. So whatever this looks like, you know, whether it's you need to reverse diet so you can set yourself in a good position so that you can be successful in a fat loss phase. You know, that's delaying immediate gratification. That's being patient or, you know, spending time in a building phase so you can build some muscle um, that you're always talking about. You're saying you're wanting. Um, so, yeah, being impatient is just it kills dreams faster. It's the biggest one of the biggest progress killers being impatient, unfortunately. Right. Because you just quit before the magic happens. Oh, totally. Well, and it's like patience, like is a grind. Like no one's saying it's not right. No one is saying like, oh my gosh, patience is so fun. Like you, know, you should enjoy it. But like, like anything that like you want to work for, or you have to put the work into, it's going to be some level of discomfort. Right. And I kind of like what you're saying about like, you know, impatience, like, you know, having to be in maintenance and things like that. But it's interesting how like, they don't realize that that is part of getting the goal that they want. Yes. Like, they feel like, oh, if I'm not losing weight, then that means I'm not working towards my goal. It's like, actually- right being in maintenance is actually what gets you your goal. Yeah, so exactly. Reframing like what you want, realizing the steps that it takes to get there. It's kind of like, you know, like I hate anything with yeast. Okay. Like I, like <laughs> I, the like the payoff for like how fast cinnamon rolls get eaten versus how long they take to make is like way overwhelming to me. Right? <laughs> like You have to have the yeast rise in order to get the cinnamon roll, right? Like there's like, I mean, I know they have like fast ways around it or you can buy like the pop-up tin ones, but like, it's the same kind of process. Like if you've been, you know, back to number one, dieting too much. Yeah. Your impatience to get to this place might require you to spend some time in maintenance, which mm-hmm. if you just think about it for a second, being in maintenance is what's going to get you your goal in the long run from dieting too much. Right. It's like yeah. all these things are like intertwined. And I think sometimes people neglect to see like how that will get them there. Totally. Um, my youngest daughter has, has autism. And when I, I asked her once, <laughs> what does being patient mean? And she went, Oh, it means you have to wait, <laughs> which yeah. I completely agree. And it's interesting. I love how you said that, like sitting in discomfort for the goal that you have, because it's like, it's sort of, it's zooming out and like asking yourself, where do I want to put my focus? Like this is, you know, this feels hard right now, but it's for this thing that I ultimately want. Um, and it's, And even with that kind of perspective, you can really support yourself in the hard, maybe even get to a place where you're enjoying where you're, where you are, which is really like, I mean, we say this all the time too, that like your, your results are as good as the process feels like the more you support yourself on the way to your goal, the better chance you have of getting there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, also basically kind of tied into all that is basically like, like having no timeline, right? Just not having a deadline to your goals um, makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, you're not sitting there like so anxious and like frustrated. And I kind of use this analogy, like when you, people think during this time that nothing is happening, but things are happening during this time, right? So it's like when you're planting a seed, waiting for the flower to grow, you water it, you know, you do all the things that you need to. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that nothing's happening, right? It's still taking time for it to sprout and to blossom into this beautiful flower. But when you're impatient, you you go and dig that seed out of the soil. You just kill any chance for it to grow. So it's kind of like that's what happens when you do that to yourself, right? You just get you get so impatient, and you kill any chance for your, your goals to come to fruition. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Analogy. And I love that you use fruition with like growth, right? I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because like, I think a lot of people do. They watch their they watch the clock, right? On, on yeah. the results, on, you know, when is this bicep going to pop? And the truth is you don't even know. But like, 
how interesting is it that we have had so many times people like on the eve of success or the eve of a result, and then they tap out already. And you're like, Mm -hmm. if you would have just gone, you know, a couple more weeks or a couple more days, like it would have been there. Right. And also the consistency and the habit and like, you know, the motivation behind it to kind of keep going is also part of like, you know, what's tripping you up, right. That impatient factor. It's like, it's like, you know, no matter what, if you're still going to go on the journey, how many times your kids are like, are we there yet? You're going to get there, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure. It, it, like in, in the meantime, the ride can be brutal. It can be hard, but it's like, you will get there okay. if you stay consistent, right? If you yeah. push through the impatience of it all. Right? Absolutely. When it comes to building muscle, this is a process that's measured in years more than weeks. Yes. So if you've been lifting for two to three months and you're anxious to cut again, to reveal all that muscle, like do yourself a favor and spend yeah. like two to three times as long there yeah. and then do that cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And change like two to three weeks of lifting or two to three months of lifting to two to three years of lifting. There you go. And yes. then have like a more realistic formula. Yeah. Right? Those yeah. pictures will blow your mind. Oh, man. <laughs> oh yeah, Totally. Okay. So our next one is training, unrealistic expectations with training. This one for people's feelings. I know. All right. Let's have it, Juan. (laughs) You kind of, you know, I touched on that. Um, But the the years, right? It takes years to build muscle. Now, again, it doesn't mean that nothing's happening in that time, right? But but, but you have to be patient and consistent to see the results that you want to see. Um, And it really does take years to build muscle. Um, and then making sure that you're the kind of activity that you're choosing does align with your goals. You know, like if you like group classes and orange theory and Pilates and bar classes, that's, and that keeps you active and you're, in, you're like, you like the progress, like continue. Right. But a lot of times women are picking activities that don't match the goals. You know, they want to build muscle. They want to get more defined. They want to get quote unquote toned. You need to build a base of muscle. So the activity needs to match that. And then, of course, when you're training, you know, making sure that's properly aligned, right? Right. Like training with intensity, with progressive overload, um, you know, taking proper rest periods, taking rest days, um, not, you know, not doing too much, not doing plyos in between, you know, sets. <laughs> but doing jumping squats in the middle yeah. of your between sets. <laughs> um, and looking at calories burned on your watch, you know, like letting go of those things that are totally insignificant. So, Yeah. Well, and I like kind of to go along with like your incredible like flower analogy. It's it's the same thing for growing a plant. Like you're not changing the location 20 times, right? You're like, you know, watering it inconsistently. Sometimes you're putting in sunlight. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're like putting an umbrella over it. Sometimes you're not like, you know, like you're going to like put it in the same place and nourish it the same exact way you would do every single day. And that's like muscle, like for muscle to grow. It's, it is the same repetitive workouts over yes. and over with slight variations of course yeah right, right. you're increasing but like you know progressive overload like hypertrophy based progressive overload really does build muscle i mean it's uh-huh. it's the best way you know everyone's always looking for the most optimal way you know we talked about like impatience and consistency like that's the way to do it and and to your point like if you love the way you move that should be a priority versus necessarily what you look like but if you're not getting the aesthetic results that you're looking for you're gonna have to look at like well i've been doing this kind of workout for this long and I'm not really seeing what I'm thinking. What, what am I missing or what, mm-hmm. what should I be implementing in order to get me that? And, and that's where you get to choose, right? Like what's worth it to you and what the time, right. to you. you know, we yeah. spent a stint bodybuilding and, um, and for me, it, it was not, it, it, I was impatient in the sense that like, I, I, I got bored too easily. Right. I was impatient yeah. with like the, the grind of it all. Right. I mean, I understand 
how it benefited me for sure. I see it. I was able to like put up some really big numbers and, you know, probably built my quads that way. And like, teeny a little bit of like my Asian, I got a little Asian booty, barely yeah. but not much. Right. But at the same time, it's like the, at the end of the day, the result wasn't enough for me. So that's why I'm enjoying crossfitting, right. Where Heidi on the other hand, like enjoys bodybuilding, right. Like she enjoys what it provides for her, especially for like her back and like, you know, and bodily body support and things like that. And so I think you get to choose, but also you have to manage your expectations around. Yes. It's like, I know that this like CrossFit is not optimal for aesthetics, but I also, that's not really what I'm chasing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And if I ever get into a place where I do want that, I know what I have to do. I have to go back to lifting strength training and bodybuilding, but consistently and regularly, not like once a week in the midst of all my CrossFit classes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, your training is your, your body's adapting to your training. So it has to be a stimulus that's often and consistent enough to create that adaptation. And similarly, like, you know, how you're talking to yourself, um, the, the stress state of your nervous system, that's also an adaptation, which is actually one of, as one of the reasons why bodybuilding is actually a little bit more beneficial for me mentally now, because just the intensity of, of CrossFit workouts is just, it's just a little bit too much for my nervous system recovery wise, um, which is, which has like emotional and energy ramifications for me. So it's, it's always, um, you know, what is good for one isn't always good for the next woman, but, but paying attention to yourself and getting curious and I mean, getting a coach if necessary, cause it can be really hard to be objective about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. really like kind of fact checking, not only your, your stressful thoughts, but also, you know, the, the behaviors and the goals that you're engaged in, you know, you can always reassess and pivot based on the information you collect on yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I Natalie, you had made an analogy one point uh, on one of my posts, I'll never forget it. You, you said something about using the same conditioner, like, or using a different conditioner every time. Like, you're not going to know if which conditioner was working, right? So you got to be consistent with whatever you're using and stick with it long enough um, to know that it's working. So I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> I true, that right? And then like, you know, like, hey, this one's not working. Toss it out and you go for something else, right? But it's true. Like, I mean, everyone has a bathroom sink full of magical products that are supposedly <laughs> going to make their hair the best. And the reality is it's just, really one shampoo, one conditioner and a styling aid. It's like such a like con, right? I mean, I know everybody who's like, who sells like all those horrible hair products that I'm not going to, that will not be named are like, no, you can't tell them that they need to change it often all the time. It's like, yeah, but that's what people do with their workouts. And then they wonder what's working. I mean, right. that's the funny thing about changing your workouts all the time. One of them out of seven of them might be working and doing right. something yeah, towards right. the direction of whatever goal you have, but you wouldn't know out of the seven. Right? Well, and that's exactly right. Like you said this one, like, like there's different reasons for, for what you're doing, right? Like if you're just carving out space to be consistent with exercise in general yeah. and group fitness is fun for you and you you're you know you're just putting you're you're in that you're evolving into a lifestyle where maybe what's most optimal isn't really what's most practical for you Uh right now so Uh um wherever wherever you are is wonderful and exactly where you should be but also like yes what are the expectations that you can expect for the input Exactly. Well, I love the overarching kind of like how we're kind of talking full circle about this too. It's like, you know, a lot of times what you want might not be, might not align with how you feel. Right. And uh-huh. it's just like, 
you know, and that goes in all the contexts, like how your life feels is more important than how it looks. And the same thing goes with your body, right? It's like for her nervous system, CrossFit is too much for my nervous system, as far as like mentally, I need to do CrossFit and like, I can't do bodybuilding. Right. And it was interesting, even earlier when, you know, we're talking about how adaptation and exercises and adaptation is the same thing goes like you talked about being a cardio bunny in the very Mm -hmm. beginning, right. And how it led to marathons, right. Because Mm -hmm. as you do something over and over and over again, you get better and better at it, which is the adaptation, which then lends itself to certain things. Right. And, and, And so the same thing goes with any kind of exercise. So like if you are great at spin class and you love spin class and you enjoy spin class, do spin class, right? Because your body has adapted to doing this kind of cardio work, right? And the same thing goes for any kind of exercise movement, but the adaptations are really what you're looking for when it comes to like muscle building, which, you know, for the air quote, lean and tone physique, that is the adaptation you're you're looking to chase versus just exercise in general. Right, right. All right. I think this leads us to our last one, which is lifestyle. Ooh. Ooh. Big one. <laughs> right. So I know in our dream of dreams, we would all be, you know, maybe just us to take care of. We could work out whenever we oh, want, yeah. eat whatever we want. We would never have to, you know, we could sleep whenever we want. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> that is not maybe what your lifestyle is like, right? And I think we can get tripped up for sure, especially on Instagram and social media. You see some of these people who whose bodies inspire you, or, you know, you, you call air quote goals, but they don't actually have the same lifestyle as you. Oh yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, and yeah, and manage your expectations on what you're, uh, wanting to see with the kind of sacrifices or level of effort that you're willing to put in, right. It's, it's got to match. Right. And sometimes you are simply, I mean, honestly, you're just not willing to do the things that other people are willing to do. Um, and, but that is okay, but you have to, you know, manage your expectations on, on that. Um, and I think Jordan, Jordan Lips says this before, like some, some of the people, some of the bodies that you admire live a life that you absolutely hate, right? Like you yeah. absolutely hate their life, Yeah. But, that, but that's how they got the body that they, that they have. So you have to understand, like, you know, there's a certain level of sacrifice and, and effort that's going to be required. And maybe it's just not, the juice is not going to be worth the squeeze, right? You're not going to want to do what they're willing to do. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit, like when you were competing and, you know, you got lean and toned, right? Air quote, air quote, (laughs) right? Like, what was your life like? I had no life. It was basically just, um, you know, train, um, meal prep, um, just practice posing, um, sleep. Well, that's another thing I'll touch on. I didn't really sleep that much, but everything revolved around that. It is a very, I don't want to say selfish sport because I don't want to say, I don't want to make it seem like a, a negative thing, but it is all revolved around that. Um, you know, we didn't go out to eat as much or if we did, like I kind of, you know, I had to stuck with, stick with like what I had to, you know, eat, eat and, um, you know, I had to make some sacrifices, um, you know, family gatherings, things like that. Um, I try to be as social as possible. I don't want it to interfere with our family life. I don't want it to, you know, be like such this, thing where oh she's 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 competing for a show we can't do this or that so I try to make it as less interfering with their life as possible so that's why I trained at the time that I did like I would go this is crazy I'm not telling you guys to do this but I would go at three o'clock in the morning to work out to so that I wouldn't it wouldn't interfere with family time because I just did not want anything to interfere with my my family time I didn't want them to suffer just because I was doing this so I didn't want them to see their mom go to the gym at five o'clock when they're home from school and then have them not see their mom. Right. So I made that kind of sacrifice. I would get up super early. um, And that caused problems down the road. I sacrificed sleep, which is the the worst thing that anyone can do, um, especially if you have busy goals. Um, But yeah, sacrifice a lot. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's well, and I totally, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about you know what what you're willing or even able to contribute. I mean, just because you, as like you know, just like a a, a mom with like a bunch of kids, just because you're able to compare yourself to like a single 26 year old influencer who can spend like three to four hours in the gym every day with really no consequences. That's even her job or whatever. Like just because you, just because you can compare yourself to her in your mind doesn't mean it's a fair comparison. Yeah, there is that. Well, and I think, you know, I like the word that you throw out like sacrifice and like, and you figured out a way to like have this goal that you were chasing as well as like still feel good about like your contributions to your family and like what it would cost them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we, we hear the word sacrifice a lot. And I think a lot of people initially are like, oh, I'm willing to pay that. I'm willing to do what it takes. And, and a lot of people really are, but it always has to pinch a little, right. That's mm-hmm. like the big con of like, of weight loss or aesthetic goals or, or really any kind of goal. It's like, there's a, there's a sacrifice of some sort. You're going to give up something to achieve it, whether it's, you know, your current lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think people think, well, you know, <laughs> what I, think I thought I, all I had to sacrifice was all of the, uh, was like my body fat and the things that I don't like about myself. <laughs> That's not it. That's not what you sacrifice. Yeah. And you might have to say no to a lot of things, including to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You might just be like, you know, no, that's not a goal that you can actually pursue, but you can pursue this one, right? Or, yeah. or you might have to say, yeah, I cannot go to these things, but mm-hmm. it's just like, is, you know, like you said, this is the juice worth the squeeze. We say that a lot. And I think sometimes people don't realize like what it would really take to have what they want. And yeah. so they just think, well, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I can never do anything. And it's just like, but how much sacrifice was it? Right. It's like, you know, a lot of people want guaranteed results for work they're not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a really like, that's a hard rub, but it's the truth. Totally. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. And then the other things that people didn't see behind the scenes and, I don't, you know, in a perfect world, if you uh, do bodybuilding shows, uh, it, it doesn't affect your relationships, right? In a perfect world. And some people can do that very well. Um, I think that's in the minority, but it, it affect my, affected my mood. You know, I was always cranky, moody. I was exhausted all the time. So I was, you know, every chance I had, I wanted to sleep, um, you know, uh, my interactions with my, my husband were not the greatest. Um, our, our marriage kind of like kind of suffered, not because of competing, but the, the, the toll that took on my body, which led me to be this hangry, moody, uh, you know, mom and wife. And so and people don't people don't see that part, you know. And then when you're tired, you know, what the, one of the last things that you want to do is, is have sex. Right. I'm going to be totally, totally. Yeah. even when and you're you know, in maintenance. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's one long. of the yeah. side effects of even being in a calorie deficit. Exactly. Alone, yeah. You're, you're dieting, love- you're tired yeah. and you don't want to have sex. So that affects it. Not that we didn't work, not that it was sexless, but it did affect it. You know, I just, that's yeah. the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so ironic when that's supposed to be like the height of like, you know, a, a woman's sexiness or whatever. Yes, right. You know, and it's supposed, right. Yeah, it's kind of the same how it like you look so strong, but it's also like you're never weaker, weakest than when you're stepping up, stepping on stage. Yep, exactly. The training strength takes a hit too. Yeah. And I think people like, I love what you're saying because it's true. Like people don't understand the cost. Like you sacrifice a lot. You also sacrifice a lot of your life Mm -hmm. and how you feel about yourself and other people around you because you have so little energy to work with. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like there's that, that patience piece basically disappears when you're in a deficit. Well, Mm -hmm. and it's just even again, even just like a a lay person deficit. And by the way, I love that you characterize this as an extreme sport because I think it's just 
<laughs> women just think it's like an like an add-on <laughs> like, right, like you right. can get that lean without any kind of um ramifications but yeah it is um it really I kind of forgot my point <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a difference between lifestyle lean and competition lean yes. and I think women need to understand that difference so they see people on stage and they're like oh my gosh I want to look like that but you don't understand the, the what it takes to get to that level of leanness and you lose your menstrual cycle. You know, there's, there's hormonal ratifications, a lot of things that you don't see behind the scenes and not, they don't understand that that's not sustainable. This is not, you don't walk around. That's for one day, it's for one day on stage and it's, it's a sport, right? So you're not supposed to look like that all the time. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about the sport and what's considered healthy. That is actually I, that's not the furthest thing from health, honestly, when you're that lean. Yeah. Well, and then conversely, you have women who are like, well, I don't want to look like that. Like, I would never want to be like that muscular or that whatever. And it's like, but the same rules apply for like lean and tone. Lean and tone is yes. like about four months back or five months back right. Right before the deficit, before that, you know, yes. that, that leanness. And so it's interesting how like even the context of like, this is actually what you want, honestly, right. maybe like 10 or 15 pounds more weight yeah. on you, but the same rules still apply the same training, the yes. same focus, the same dedication, right. the same amount of time and right. <laughs> like eating more is what builds. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, it's funny how there's such a disconnect between what people think they want, what people want, what people know about. Right. And it's just like, that's why, you know, we love your page so much. It's like, sometimes, yeah, the hard truths need to be said because it's so hard to spin your wheels over and over again, thinking you're getting what you want or getting towards what you want and not really knowing the context of like what it really would take. And yeah. so rarely do people sit there and ask themselves like, can I really afford to do this? Yeah, like, can, right. can I pay this cost? Can I, can I make this effort? Can I make these sacrifices? And, and a lot of times you don't have to sacrifice so much to have a healthy lifestyle, but some of the goals just need a little bit of like a, a reality, reality check. check. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And while they, while there's definitely sacrifice and hard work involved in getting to your goals, um, just, just suffering or just getting into like a place where you like suppress your wants and needs or, um, are like every part of your life is hard. Doesn't like get you exponential results. Like, right. like you're talking about just like thinking or feeling or eating in an unsatisfying way. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're making progress. But I think sometimes we as women get confused, like, well, it, well, I'm not enjoying it. So does that count? Like, I hate this workout. So is the heart of the workout is ahead of my right? results, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to close with um, something that uh, you and um, us, like we readily like to, to preach is that like, it's not a dream body if it's a nightmare to maintain. Uh-huh. It's not a dream body if it's like, not if it's not like realistic for you. Right. And I think that like, you know, we're so lucky to be able, I, I sometimes I get such a first world problem, like counting macros, right. Yeah. <laughs> I get to like pick and choose what kind of protein powder I, I consume today. Right. Or even that I have a variety of protein sources. And I know we don't want to get in the weeds of like, Oh, you know, like the gratefulness and like, you know, you know, a little bit of the ridiculousness of the things that we do, right? Like, oh, I, what kind of supplement, like oh, my 500 supplements that I have or like things like that. But it's like, if there's not a lot of gratitude for your current body, it's, it doesn't really matter how much you try to air quote, fix it with things, right? Like it's, there has Huge. to be a little respect before the result. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. And it's, yes. And it's a missing component. And what's tripping you up is that you're waiting to feel better. 
Exactly. Yeah. People just uh, automatically assume that they're going to be happier, feel more worthy, more attractive when they have that, that dream body of theirs, but not understanding that, you know, if they don't have that, they don't have that peace now, they're not going to find it then. They're, they're, they're not going to feel like you might have a momentary feeling of satisfaction for achieving that, but you're not going to find a lasting, you know, happiness and sense of worth when you get there. So yeah, I talk about the value of the way, how you speak to your self really matters. Like your, your body hears everything that you're saying. And you, you would not say half the things that you say to yourself, to your friends or your children. Um, so, the, you know, I think it's extremely important to, you know, speak kindly to yourself and give yourself grace and not expect yourself to be so perfect in the process. Absolutely. I mean, that just like your training is an adaptation, like your relationship with yourself is an adaptation yeah. of the way you talk to yourself. And it's not going to be like, you know, 205, I hate myself. 204, I hate, I, I hate myself. 203, I hate. 202, I hate. 201, I hate. 200, okay. 199, I love myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So we, us women, we are, we're so hard on ourselves, you know? Well, and like, just give yourself some credit, right? For all the things you're doing, you know? Yeah. Like the five, you know, five or six things we went over that are like tripping you up. But at the same time, like, Make sure in between all those things, you give yourself credit for all the things that you are doing. Right? And like you, I love what you said. Like, it's not that nothing's happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, everything is on your way, right? Like we're all right. on our way. And so as a part of that lifestyle piece is creating a life you love. Uh-huh. Because if it's not, then there's no real in, interest in sustaining it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sustainability is huge. And part of that is finding ways to, to make it so that it's, you can make it a lifestyle. Yes. Enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love it. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. That was so much fun. Thank Tell you. everybody where to find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm mostly active. So it's one, the wellness. Awesome. And we have to get you a podcast. Too. I know. <laughs> Serious. Oh my gosh. My husband asked me about that. I'm like, uh, how in the world am I going to fit a podcast into my life? You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know people who do it and coach and are, you know, moms and wives. Like, where do you even find the time? Oh, this is the, this is one of life's mysteries. You should do, you should definitely do it though. Yeah. It's, it's just such a fun way to like get information out there. Right. And just like chat, 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 chat. So we'll definitely have to do this again. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Whew, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoy that episode, we'd love it. If you would subscribe, share it to your social media or leave a comment that all really helps. So the kids say, <laughs> If you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>